Let the fight begin! Welcome to It's Real to Us, the wrestling podcast. Featuring your hosts, Anthony Paciella, Nate Diggity Dog, and Tony the Fox. What's going on, you guys? And welcome to It's Real to Us, the wrestling podcast. On today's episode, we will review and discuss the November 27th edition of Monday Night Raw, baby. Now, we normally start our show with the fastest wrestling recap, but today I wanted to do something different. I wanted to selfishly talk about myself and my history in the world of wrestling. I figure you might better understand the show if you better understand me, so... You may or you may not have noticed that a lot of the lingo used in this show is very pro-WWE, and that's by design, because I have been groomed and conditioned to write, edit, and produce this way. From 2018 to September of 2023, I worked for WWE as an associate producer and production assistant. As a lifelong fan, this was my dream job out of college, and over the last five years, I got to make so many amazing memories and relationships. The Undertaker once gave me a pat on the shoulder and told me, nice job, kid. I legitimately felt like John Cena for a minute. But sadly, I was let go from the company following the WWE-UFC Endeavor deal in September. I was told I wasn't released due to poor performance or anything like that, but it still hurt losing that part of my life. For a month or so after, I couldn't and I wouldn't watch anything WWE-related. But for years and years and years, I always talked about creating a podcast, but I never did anything about it. So I decided to take getting laid off as an opportunity to create my own show. And that's what I've done. Doing this has helped me rediscover my love for WWE. Not creating content as an employee, but rather a fan. And that's what I want the essence of this show to be. Wrestling fans shooting the shit. Talking about what happened, what we like, what we didn't like, and everything in between. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you all very much for supporting. And... I can't always promise this is going to be pretty, but God damn it, this show is going to be a success. Brick by brick, baby. Rome wasn't built in the day, but the infrastructure was established by week three. So enough about me. It's time to talk about the November 27th edition of Monday Night Raw. Balloon. What about balloons? Yeah, I asked you if I like balloons. I said, do you like balloons? Yeah, like happy birthday balloon or a blue balloon or a red balloon? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, when, when I was four, maybe, <laughs> I had one. I was holding it, and ooh, I got a balloon. I got a balloon. There's a water balloon. The water balloons are fun. It could be fun to play with. What other types of balloons are there? What was the last time you played with a fucking balloon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big balloon guy. I like balloons. You like balloons. All right, hey. Balloons are cool. There are balloons for all occasions. Congratulations with marriage and blah, blah, blah. Birthdays, funerals. Sorry your husband died. Here's a balloon. I do like balloons. Hey, what about the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade? That's all pretty much big balloons. Well, those balloons. are parade floats. Yeah, but that's a big balloon. Yeah, I'm a parade float. <laughs> <laughs> Can you picture me like fucking 30 guys holding me with ropes and shit and I'm floating <laughs> up there? That would be hysterical. It would be quite funny. And I'm cursing and giving everybody <laughs> the finger Give below. The finger. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Let's just jump into it, okay? It's time to start the show. We are talking about Monday Night Raw, specifically the November 27th edition. Starting the show, we had Randy Orton with CM Punk returning at Survivor Series. Orton's return has kind of been overshadowed. Even by us, we have to admit it. Hand up, right? Oh, yeah, we talked about it on the last show. It was He was totally outstaged. WWE realized they fucked up, too, by the way... 
they made Randy the focus on this show, which was the right thing mm-hmm. to do. It was the right he thing. He was to overshadowed. Do. He got basically pushed to the curb, like I said last week. It was great how they did it. They brought him out right away. And you even saw during his entrance and his iconic pose where he puts his arms in the air and he looks just like a Greek god. This moment meant a lot to him. The emotion really kind of bled through. It's a side of Randy I don't think we've really seen. And it was nice. I enjoyed seeing that side of Randy Orton. He spoke about a lot of different things. Here are the bullet points. He said that he's back for as long as he can be back for. Let's Yeah, let's talk about that. You could see it in his eye and what he was saying, that he knows he is one fall, one injury, one bad fucking move away from being that, that, that. That's all, folks. You know, he's in the twilight of his career. How old is Randy? He's 43. He's 43. And he's coming off an injury where he was out a year and a half. Did you see the size of his leg? Oh, my God. He looks fantastic. No, but did you see his thighs? No, yeah. They look double the size. And you know why? Because those muscles have to be super strong so his back doesn't blow out. I agree with you. This could be the last big Randy Orton run we ever have. So enjoy it. We said it last episode, and we're going to say it again. If you see Randy Orton on your television, enjoy it, because we don't know how much longer we're going to have it. So aside from that, he also said that he returned at Survivor Series because competing in war games is one of the only things he hasn't done in his career. And he also said that he's not done with the bloodline, and he's got a bag of receipts for every bloodline member. So general question, what was your reaction to seeing Randy Orton on Raw for the first time in over a year and a half? excited i was so happy once i saw him and to lead it off to the show tony said it It was really good move you know with cm punk coming back from survivor series that's what everyone was talking about no one was really talking about randy in the war games match so it was nice to see him start to show when he came out dude it just felt like being a kid again honestly you always feel like a kid i do now because cm punk is back randy orton's back john cena was just back it explains a lot <laughs> like, fucking <dude>. balloons <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Now I know where the balloons came from. The next time we do a podcast, I'm going to bring a big balloon in. I would love it. Better be a WWE balloon because I would fucking enjoy that. Let's go back to Randy Orton and let's talk about what happened after Randy made his big promo. Hey, I'm back. Nice to be back. He was interrupted by who other than Rhea Ripley. Rhea got in Randy's face right away and she mentioned that she was surprised that Randy would A, team with a man who injured him for a year and a half in Jey Uso inside War Games, and B, that he would be okay with playing second fiddle to CM Punk. This is my words, not hers. I believe she used the word upstage. Yeah, upstage she used, yeah. But in Randy's defense, did you ever see anybody put Rhea in her place? And to Tony's point, Randy said all he heard while he was away was mommy this, mommy that. And then Orton said... I'm your daddy. No, actually. He said, daddy's back. Daddy's back. And the crowd absolutely lost their mind. And we even got, who's your daddy chance? Rhea had Dominic Mysterio and JD McDonough jump Orton. But Randy, the stud he is that we've been saying he is for the last couple of minutes, he fought them both off two on one. JD McDonough, who was wearing the neck brace, selling the effects of the Survivor Series War Games RKO from the top of the cage. And then he, he takes another RKO. What do you think about JD rocking the neck brace? 
brace. I mean, I think it's hysterical. And then he took the RKO with the neck brace on. It's just so funny. His gimmick for the Judgment Day is he takes all their bumps. It's so true. And it's a great gimmick. And it's the gimmick I would definitely play if I was a wrestler, probably. And I love it. It's so entertaining. You know what's something that I really enjoy about this is that later in the show, Damian Priest backstage was asking about JD. He's like, how's he doing? Is he okay? And Finn was like, he's getting checked out. And to see the progression of JD McDonough and Damian Priest, their relationship, has been hysterical. Because Damian Priest has hated him forever. He tried keeping him out of the Judgment Day for the longest time, and now he's like actively concerned about him. Yeah, well, so, he's like a lightning rod for the team. Oh, yeah. He takes all the hits. You need one of those guys. Yeah, and he's taking all the hits, so that's great. J.D. McDonough, he's a pawn in, in chess. You throw him out there, and you just see what he can do. Let's just make a queen out of him. So uh, the only other thing I had in mind when it came to talking about uh, this segment was the look on Dominic Mysterio's face after Randy Orton said, you and me are fighting later in the night. He was crying. He was looking at mommy. Please stop it. I don't want to. He was so afraid. He was frightened. He was very afraid. And he was looking to his mother to help him. Like, do something. Protect me. And I'm not a big fan of Dominic. You might not be a big fan of Dominic, but you're not supposed to like Dominic. You, you, you're point. part of the... He's not in Randy's league. No, he he's not in Randy's league. Of course not, but he's 26 years old. Dominic's great for the role he's playing right now. The biggest heel in WWE right now? He's a top five heel, and he elevates Judgment Day. It also helps that he had a whole year's worth of feuding with his father and just being the absolute worst son in the world to get all this heat. So he's built it up. And considering he's 26 years old, I, I think he's one of the stable pieces that WWE has moving forward for the next 10 years, right? He's got to progress, though, a little bit yeah. with his uh, wrestling abilities and... Mike skills is not fully there, I feel like. I might want to see him on like a six-month run of steroids or something. I think that would help. <laughs> but that's the thing is I don't think he needs to be he's big. He's a sleaze, but he's not intimidating. That's the point. You hate the sleaze, and you hate the guy who's not intimidating, but yet he somehow wins. It's just more detestable. So he's good for what he is, but we got to move the conversation back to Randy, although I'm going to keep a lot of that Dominic stuff. That was some good shit, boys. We got to give Nate his due. I've been avoiding it for the first 10 minutes of the show. Nathan was right. After setting up the match later in the night, Randy Orton and Jey Uso were backstage, and Orton said he's been watching WWE product, Nathan's exact words, and that he's seen the character development and growth in Jey Uso. He shook his hand. He said, we're good. Jey said, yeet. And it seems as if bygones are bygones. Hell yeah, baby. I've never been right. And I'm finally right. Forgive and forget that you hit it on the head. I got to give you your kudos. Yeah, you better give me my kudos. I, I have to give it tomorrow. Yeah, I was right, Tony. I'm going to bring you a balloon tomorrow. I bring knowledge to this podcast. This is what I bring. If you didn't listen to the podcast, you would have never known. Every once in a while, a squirrel finds a nut. Call me a squirrel? Yeah. I'm the king of squirrels right now. Nate, you were right. So you get to say what type of animal you are in this hypothetical situation. Oh, be a lion. He's right. a lion. Yeah, he's a lion. Our dog one. has yeah. become a lion. Great. We love it. Great dog. Let's hear it. Rawr. Rawr. And with that, let's talk about the match itself between Randy Orton versus Dominic Mysterio. And here are the highlights that I saw from the match. Obviously, Randy was great. He looks better than he's ever looked. We already talked about this. Jelly Roll was ringside, which was Jelly pretty Roll fun. Jelly Roll is my boy. And I want to make this point. The father knew who Jelly Roll was, was excited to see him. The son? You want to go get a jelly roll? You didn't know what the hell I was talking about. He's our truth Our truth walked into Jelly Roll. He's like, where are the Jelly Rolls? Yeah, I know. He's like, I hear these are some platinum Jelly Rolls. And Jelly Roll's like, I'm right here. He's like, nah, 
I want to eat some jelly rolls. When I said it's jelly roll, he's you like, you want to go get jelly rolls? I had no idea. Yeah. You have no Hand idea up. who jelly roll is. No idea. You clearly don't listen to music. I don't listen to a lot jelly of Jelly roll is fucking awesome. I'm a fan. I'm going to look into his work for you guys, okay? Please do. He's very fantastic. The thing that I enjoyed most was his presence at ringside. So he pushed Dominic Mysterio. He pushed J.D. McDonough. And then he dapped up Randy Orton. Randy Orton gave a little, what's that smell? Insinuating that he smoked weed or something. Does this guy smoke weed? Look at the size of him. Of course he does. <laughs> Kid. Me. His got, name is Jelly Roll. <laughs> keeps quarts of ice cream in the trunk of the fucking car. <laughs> the match ended after Randy hit a sweet RKO on Dominic Mysterio. And I mean sweet. I don't know if it's just me, but does Randy's RKO look better than ever? No, I think it's just you. What made it look better? I think just the timing. Maybe it's the fact that he's bigger. I watched it a couple of times, and it looks clean. And it looks like he's doing it without any worry. Restrictions. Oh. You know what it is? It's that he's bigger, he's stronger, but you haven't seen it in a year and a half, so it does look like it's better. But it probably is just as good as it ever was. He looked awesome, though. He did look bigger and better. He looked better than he ever did. Yeah. Think about Randy Orton before he got hurt. He was more cut up, thinner. This guy was a fucking beast. This looks like Brock Lesnar's brother. For he does. Sakes. He does. He's beefy. What about Orton and Lesnar? They fucking tag team. Ooh. That'd be great. What would the tag team name be? RK, you fucking dead? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, last question about Orton, because we are giving him a lot of time, as we should. Randy Orton, what is he going to do going forward? Who do you guys see him feuding with? He's going to SmackDown. and He's going after Jimmy. Then he's going to go after Solo. And then he's going to get a title shot against Roman. But he's on Raw, A. And B, now he's got the Judgment Day as his enemy. You think Rhea Ripley's just going to forget that Randy beat up Dominic and that he hurt J.D. McDonough? No. She's going to send the boys on. He is going to be on SmackDown this week. That was announced. He's obviously going to be going after the Bloodline. But I do think that there's going to be unfinished business between he and the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day supposedly run Monday Night Raw, and they run WWE. So it's a pretty weak move if they don't retaliate. He basically said why he came back. He wants to go after the bloodline. He'll go after the bloodline, but I'm saying that he's going to have some problems with the Judgment Day in the interim. So let's move on. We've given Randy Orton his spotlight, deservingly so, but now it's time to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura attacking Cody Rhodes. So this past week, Rhodes was reflecting on his team's win at War Games and once again called out Roman Reigns in the bloodline. Then Rhodes declared for this year's Royal Rumble match. But the real development from this segment was the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura revealed that he is targeting Cody Rhodes. And Nakamura appeared and sprayed red mist in his face. So question is, what do you guys think about this segment in general? And are you excited to see Shinsuke versus Cody? It's really interesting because Cody, we were kind of discussing it earlier. Cody like really never gets pinned. Shinsuke really needs a win right now. So it's very interesting to see where this feud goes. Also, Cody Rhodes declared for the Royal Rumble. So is this match going to happen on a regular Raw? Is it going to happen at the Rumble? No, definitely not. Because they have two months to fill between now and the Rumble. There's no pay-per-view in between them. Yeah. So they're going to fight on Raw. They're probably going to have a series up until the Rumble. But the problem is... Cody, as Nathan just referred to, does not lose. The last time he lost was to Brock Lesnar when he didn't tap out. He passed out. So he's probably not going to lose to Shinsuke. And Shinsuke is coming off. Obviously, he defeated the Alpha Academy 1-2-3, and he beats the likes of Ricochet and Bronson Reed. But he just lost two matches to Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. So who needs the match more? Probably Cody because we're heading into Mania season and we're looking to finish that story he's been talking about with the bloodline. So I think it need, it's Cody more than Shinsuke. Both of the guys need it. If Cody loses, he's basically getting upset by a guy that's coming up that's going to pass him over now. I don't see it. So 
I think this is going to be a nice little two or three week type of feud. And I could see it coming to a finish at the end of the month. Cody Rhodes pins Nakamura before the Royal Rumble. I like this challenge for Cody. I think he's going to win, obviously, but it's going to be entertaining. And hopefully it brings Shinsuke up. It's going to be an entertaining match. You know, Nakamura is on a run right now. He just went through the Alpha Academy. It's a good move for him. And if he ever does pull the upset, the sky's the limit. I just feel as if Shinsuke is kind of getting into that. And I hate to... Say because it's almost like a wrestling cliche at this point to call somebody a B plus player, but I don't know if I ever see him ascending to that Cody sphere. He's not a guy that you're going to put the WWE title on. That's not him. But you know what? There's 90% of the wrestlers in WWE aren't main title guys. All right, we'll leave that there and we'll talk about the tag team turmoil number one contender match. So the Creed brothers defeated DIY, Imperium, The New Day, The Alpha Academy, and Indusheer to earn the next chance at Damian Priest and Finn Balor's undisputed tag team championships. Uh, just right out of the gate, do you guys think the Creed brothers were the right team from this group? to go on and get the next tag team chance? I agree with the move. These guys came up from NXT. They had two big wins back-to-back. -back. They're very talented, very athletic. Their finisher, I don't even know what it's called. It's like a cannonball into someone's chest. The Brutus Ball. If they do lose to Damian Priest and Finn Balor, it's a good first loss. You went 2-0 to start on the main roster, and then your first loss comes in a championship match. Now you go to the back of the line, you feud with somebody else. It's a great start to their run on the main roster. So I think they were the right choice to win this match, but I don't think that they're going to beat Finn Balor or Damian Priest. No, uh, there's no way. But it's a nice stepping stone for them, and good for them for winning. I mean, I think they have a shot. I don't think they're totally dead. I think this team is really good. They have the fan base behind them. I, I think if they were to be Finn Balor and Damian Priest, I would say some shock, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't be like, oh my God, like CM Punk shock. Maybe Randy Orton does what he wants and he costs the Judgment Day. That would be awesome too. The tag team titles. So are we all taking Damian Priest and Finn Balor? Yeah, it's a lock. I'll take the Creed Brothers. If we do this, we're going to have to keep track of the predictions then. We're going to start our predictions now. They're dead after he just picked them. <laughs> Get it. The dog. Roof, roof. Little tease to later in the show. Nathan is performing his first shame tonight and will be... Oh, he's going to do the truffle shuffle? He's going to perform the truffle shuffle. Yeah, for like 10 seconds. I don't give a fuck. I want to see it. From the famous Goonies movie. So. And I'm going to film hey, it. Hey, you guys! Can we just please talk about Big Bronson Reed and Ivar? All I want to do is talk about Monday Night Meat, okay? We saw two powerhouses in the Raw men's division go at it when Big Bronson Reed took on Ivar. The physical encounter showcased both men's power, athleticism, and quickness, but neither man ended up picking up the win after the match ended with both Ivar and Reed getting counted out. Some fun spots in this match included Reed hitting a Death Valley driver on Ivar in the timekeepers area, Reed throwing a security guard at Ivar, and the Viking Ivar jumping off a production case and hitting a cannonball on Reed into he and security guards. I thought that this was a very fun match that will most likely have a rematch coming up. So what did you guys think of this match? And are you excited for another encounter between Ivar and Reed? Yeah, it was a very fun match. Two big behemoths going at each other, high-flying style that you would never think think you would get from these type of guys yeah you are gonna get a rematch it seems like i would have liked to see a winner in this that's the only thing i didn't like i would like to see maybe a, a rollover pin or valhalla maybe cost bronson reed the victory and that's the only thing i would say about this match but all in all it was a very good match i was so entertained with this match you know how much i like big performers they can go to the top rope and you're not surprised seeing them hit a big splash so i am excited to see more matches between these two guys moving forward 
And I understand why they want to prolong this feud. You have two months until the Royal Rumble. So you're going to need to fill that with some programming and some feuds. So I think that this is going to be some classic 50-50 booking for a while. And ultimately, I don't know, if I had to put my money on one guy, I'd say Bronson Reed goes over. Yeah. Uh, 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 er, er, take the cock out of you, So mouth. you think this is not, not going to be the first countout? We're going to get multiple countouts? No, 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 no. I, I think Ivar wins a match, then Reed wins a match. I think that they'll go at it three times. See, what I think might happen is you're going to get another match, and it's going to end the same way. And then the third match is going to be a last man standing or a falls count anywhere match. Something to the extent of that. That's what I think they're going to do. It was nice that it was a count out because they have to drag it out. Two big guys, very athletic, very entertaining. December 26th, Madison Square Garden. The five-gallon chocolate ice cream match, whoever wins, takes it. What does that mean? What's a five-gallon ice cream? You know what a five-gallon pail of ice cream is? Yes. It's about this fucking big of ice cream. How do you win that match? Whoever wins the match gets the ice cream. Oh, I thought you had to finish the ice cream no, to win. Oh, the winner gets the ice cream. <laughs> gotcha. That's gotcha. what I thought he was going with, There's too. incentive. There's a prize. No plastic spoons. Metal. Okay, well... What about these guys as performers? Do you see potential in either one of these guys? What's the ceiling for these guys, and what's their floor? I think their ceilings are mid-card bouts, Intercontinental Champions, uh, United States Champion. If Ivar gets his tag partner back, maybe he could be a tag title. I think Brunson Reed has the ability to go all the way to the top. Really? I think he's got all the tools. I could see him winning a world championship title someday. I like wow, it. I love it. Big take, Tony. Maybe not right now, but I could see it down the road. That's a hefty take, Tony. I, I don't see that one bit. I like both Ivar and Bronson Reed. I agree that Bronson Reed maybe has more potential. I don't know if I'll put him in the World Heavyweight Championship category, but I think the chances of him getting there are more likely and higher than Ivar, in my personal opinion. I think Ivar is good, but maybe we're just waiting until Eric gets back so that they can get a tag team title run. Maybe he'll get a United States Championship runner and IC title run, but he's not touching the World Heavyweight Championship. Out of these guys, it's got to be Bronson Reed who comes Brunson. out of this. I'm telling you, feud. Big Bronson's the man. You guys remember Charles Bronson? Who's Charles Bronson? You don't remember that movie, Charles Bronson, Hard Times? Was that 1940? 1970-something. Okay, yeah, so 1940. Oh, my God. You guys, <laughs> it's pathetic to be your age right now. You have no knowledge of nothing. Because we, we haven't been around for like a thousand years it like you, Tony. Matter. You got no knowledge of nothing. You've been around since like 1910. You play on X or Twitter, whatever the hell it's called, and Instagram. What you call play, I am networking. I am getting this baby, this ship, this podcast moving. You should check us out on X and you should check us out on Twitter and now on TikTok at, at It's Real to Us. Woo woo! We're on TikTok! It's the real deal now, baby. So, yeah, definitely do that. And comment. Also, like, share. I'm not going to be desperate yet, but if we get to episode 10 and I don't have over 100 followers across all the sites, I'm going to start getting desperate. So, What do you do when you're desperate? <laughs> I don't want to even think about it. What I want to think about is Nia Jax versus Zoe Stark. Get your head out of the gutter, Tony, and focus. Because after a backstage altercation, Nia Jax took on the former number one contender for the women's world title, Zoe Stark. Zoe tried to rely on her athleticism and her quickness in this match, but Nia's strength ultimately proved to be too much. The irresistible Force ended up winning the match after hitting an annihilator. Some highlights that I saw from the contest included Zoe's springboard, corkscrew senton, Nia's Samoan drop, Nia legitimately crushing Zoe Stark with a senton. Did you guys see that? She literally fell on her with all yeah. of her body weight. She crushed anything she fell on. And the aforementioned annihilator or annihilator for the win. What do I get out of that? One to ten. Nathan, I'm looking at you. Six. Okay, I'll take it. So with another impressive win, the question is, should Nia Jax be Rhea Ripley's next challenger for the women's world title? Tony, I'm looking at you. No, and I'm going to tell you why. Ooh. 
Zoe Stark put up a great fight against Nia Jax. He could have won the match. Now, if you look at the pay event, Zoe Starks was manhandled by Rhea Ripley. She had no shot. And I thought that she almost beat Nia. I'm not impressed by Nia Jax. I'll agree on the end point of that. I'm not impressed with Nia Jax at all either. Do I think she's going to get a title shot? I do. I don't think she will do anything with it. I would like to see maybe a triple threat with Rhea, uh, Nia Jax, and Raquel. That, I think, would be really good. Love Raquel. I do like Raquel. I, I don't think Nia is that entertaining. You seem to love her. I don't know why you like her so Here's much. Here's what I'll say on the matter. I have been impressed with Nia Jax since she's been back. I think she looks better than when she was previously in WWE over two years ago. I think she moves better. Since being back, she hasn't been pinned, and she has legitimately beaten almost everyone. She just took out Zoe Stark. She just took out Raquel, and nobody's really been able to stop her since coming back. She's beating everybody that's in front of her, but I'm still not impressed with her. The women's division doesn't have monstrous characters. Nia Jax is a big show Braun Strowman-esque character. She legitimately is more woman than anyone in the division can handle, so I think at the very least, she serves that purpose. And it's another person for Rhea to go through that she hasn't already fought. So I think it makes sense for her to be next up, but it appears as if Shayna Baszler might be targeting Nia next. Baszler said in an Instagram quote, time to put her in bed again. Baszler and Jax are former tag team champions, and it was Shayna who broke Nia's arm and put her on the shelf two years ago. It's why we haven't seen Nia. Former champions, former tag team partners, they're possibly going to get it on. Do you think maybe the winner of that match is next up to face Rhea Ripley? It has to be. Who else is left on Raw that could face Rhea? I, I think if Shayna wins, it puts her in the conversation, but I don't think she right away gets that title match. Okay, well, we'll see. But for now, let's talk about the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships because they were on the line this past week when Chelsea Green and Piper Niven defended the titles against Natalia and Tegan Knox. I wasn't super impressed. It's the Women's Tag Team Championship. There aren't many women's tag teams in WWE right now. So Chelsea plays the loudmouth who gets beat up and takes all the damage, and Piper is the one who's quiet and just dishes out all the damage and punishment. I think they play off each other well, and as terms as teams, I think that they're clearing away number one. Maybe Casey Catanzaro and Katana Chance get a opportunity down the line, but other than that, I, I don't see another team stepping up to them anytime it's soon. It's very blah right now. You don't have enough for good teams there, I feel. I like that word, blah. Just blah, you know? Blah. We need Alexa Bliss to team up with Liv Morgan. I want to see Nia beat Shayna, and Shayna and Zoe start working together as a team. So we've seen that they have a relationship backstage, and I think they would be great as a tag team, and I think that they could be suited to dethrone Green and Niven. So we'll leave that there. Next up, Seth Rollins, who cut a promo saying he doesn't want to talk about CM Punk and wants to be a fighting champion. So next week on Raw, he's defending the World Heavyweight Championship. And he gave that championship match to Jay Uso. Yeet, yeet. So McIntyre, obviously upset, hit Rollins with a headbutt, and Jay Uso comes out and he makes the saves. And backstage, a heated Drew McIntyre was calmed down by Sami Zayn. Zayn told him, dude, you got to chill. You're not acting like yourself. And McIntyre said, you're right, I'm not. 
So he went and he got himself a match against Sami Zayn, made official by Adam Pearce. So we have two matches set for next week. Jey Uso versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship and Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn. What do you think is going to happen with these two matches next week? Drew is absolutely right for being pissed off. You see CM Punk come out at War Games. The guy doesn't have a contract after WrestleMania. He's getting passed over there. He gets passed over by Seth Rollins. He should have had a title match against Seth Rollins, not Jey Uso. He beat Jey Uso. So I can't blame him for being upset. And you know what? Everybody in that locker room, everybody backstage better watch out because this guy's pissed off. I think Drew's going to beat Sammy, and he's going to beat him bad. I don't think I'll take him, but I do think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth matchup. I do think Drew McIntyre picks up the victory and eventually maybe gets his title shot. I don't know if they're going to draw that out a little bit longer. I don't know. I'm on the train. of fuck Drew right now. The crowd was really getting on him, and I think the universe has decided he's finally a heel. It's not like he's super heelish. He looked Rollins in the eyes before he hit him. It's not like he is a sneaky, slimy, like a Dominic Mysterio. He's a Brock Lesnar-esque heel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, he'll beat you down to your face. And I'm telling you, Sami Zayn is going to be in the wrong place the wrong time. He's going to get his ass You're kicked. underestimating Sami Zayn. William Wallace is going to destroy him. After War Games, he went right to the locker room. Went to his car, didn't say nothing to nobody. He is a rooftop sniper. I'm telling you, watch out. I love Sami Zayn. He's one of my favorite guys. I don't care if you put Sami Zayn there. I don't care if you put Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar. I don't care who he's fighting next. They're going to get killed. I'm telling you, this guy is pissed. All right. Let's talk about Seth and Jay, though. Does Jay Uso have a chance to win the title or no? No, not, not even a slight shot. He's got a shot. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But it's Jay Uso. The crowd loves him. Everybody in the WWE loves him. And he's a hot wrestler right now. So would I be stunned if he won? No. Yes. But I don't think he's going to win. I like the idea of Drew costing Jay the match. Somehow uh, the three of Jay Uso, Drew McIntyre, and Seth Rollins feud over the next coming weeks. Maybe you can even throw Sami Zayn in the mix. We get a big match at the Royal Rumble. Maybe a fatal four-way. I think that could be a lot of fun. So I'm hoping that Rollins retains, but shenanigans happen. I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think Drew is going to cost Jay... Just like the bloodline cost him. So will we all have Seth next week too? Yeah, I got Seth. Yeah, I think Seth's going to win. What about talking about Seth's real feelings towards CM Punk? I absolutely am going to stand by what I said from the beginning. I don't think it's a work. They absolutely could fight down the road because Seth is a company man and he's going to do what's right for himself in WWE. But I believe in the bottom of my heart that Seth Rollins is not throwing out fuck you and putting a finger up when you got little kids and are watching it. Just because if they have a fight at WrestleMania, it doesn't mean that he likes the guy, and it doesn't mean it's a work. When CM Punk came out, he never once mentioned Seth Rollins' name. He said, well, there may be somebody that's not too happy I'm here. So what Tony's referring to is for the first time in 10 years, CM Punk was live on Monday Night Raw with a microphone. He said everybody in the back was happy to see him. They were kissing him on the lips. They were hugging him, except for maybe a couple of people. Tony, you could be right. It might not be a work, but we could also be right. It could be a work. So we have to wait and see. Anyway, we're talking about CM Punk, and we need to discuss what we thought overall of his first promo back. I was disappointed a little bit. I didn't think it was as electrifying as when he showed up. Obviously, it wasn't Chicago. It was Tennessee. Fans were still pumped up, but I don't know. He was a little flat. I think that he sold out. The dude left WWE on his own terms, left professional wrestling to go pursue being an MMA fighter. Failed. 
didn't succeed at that, goes to AEW, burns every single bridge he has there, and now he has to come crawling back to WWE, and the end of the promo where he said, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. How much more of a sellout is that? If you look at CM Punk's AEW debut promo, and then you look at his return to WWE, if you look in his eyes, and I'll make a clip about this and I'll post it, he was borderline in tears when he was talking at AEW. WWE, you look in his eyes, he's here for the money. He did not care. He was showing up, cashing checks, and leaving. So I think that's the type of CM Punk you're going to get. And it is not a good start to the CM Punk return. It didn't have the glitz and the glam of a normal CM Punk promo, but I think we will get back to that CM Punk type of promo once he does feud with Seth Rollins. I don't think you're going to see that anytime soon. After what just happened between CM Punk and Seth Rollins, if you don't see them feud between now and the end of the year, then I'm 100% right. It wasn't a work. If they feud in the next couple of weeks, then I'll give it to you. That match is happening at Mania. Whether you like it or not, Tony, it's happening. All right, well, we shall see, but let's uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to come on back and wrap up the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Arby's. Arby's? We have the meat. All right, we are back, and we are going to be closing out the show. So I just wanted to say we really appreciate your support. We thank you for listening. And if you have an idea for the show, how we can improve, I'm desperate for feedback. So shoot us a message over on X, Instagram, and now TikTok at It's Real to Us. So that's where you can find us if you got a problem or if you just like something. We, once again, appreciate all feedback. Our next episode will be on the December 1st episode of SmackDown. You can expect that to drop maybe on Sunday if you're lucky, but most likely early on Monday. So far, advertised for that show is Randy Orton. What will he be doing? Most likely seeking out the bloodline, right, Nate? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting. Is he a free agent? Because we just saw him on Raw. He's going to be on SmackDown. Is he going to be just on SmackDown, guy? Because he's going to be going after the bloodline. So I would like to know if that question is answered. He's going to SmackDown because he's going after the bloodline. He said it Monday night. And you know what? Randy knows he might be here a month, a year. Six weeks, two months. So he's going after the bloodline right away. You know it. Yeah, that makes the most sense. I'm just curious, though, what the booking decision was for him to appear on Raw and then kind of just bury the judgment day. I, I can't assume that Rhea and the guys are going to be okay with that. So maybe they cost him some way. Yeah, after what happened at War Games, where Randy got buried by CM Punk, they had to bring him out right away. They had to put him in Raw. They had to make him the first segment. But then he said what he was going to do. He said that I don't know how long I'm going to be back. And he said what his intentions were. He's going to SmackDown because he's got a fucking axe to grind, baby. It was also announced that Logan Paul will be on the show. And there are rumors going around that he will be feuding with L.A. Knight. Yeah. That's a fucking match I'd like to see. Yes, but going back to my point, has L.A. Knight peaked? I still don't think he If has. he's going from the main event scene to feuding for a mid-card title, how has he not Well, picked? first of all, he's not going after any mid-card. He's going after the United States champion that is held by Logan Paul, who you absolutely love and think so highly of. So It's not the WWE championship, though. He might not have peaked at Crown Jewel, but as of right now, that was the peak of his career. Does that make sense? That does make sense. That's my take, and I'm just I'm sticking with it. I agree. I will say that your point is going strong. I do think this week and maybe next week will be the point where I'll be like, all right, maybe he did peak. 
I need to see what happens these next two weeks. All right, so let's see what happens if L.A. Knight does, in fact, step up to challenge Logan Paul for the U.S. championship. That's just speculation. We can also expect to see the fallout from damage control losing at war games. Is this the moment? EO, Kyrie, Asuka, and Dakota say, hey, Bailey, kick rocks. We don't need you. She's going to be the next one of a long list of wrestlers that gets that mist in her face. She's going to get double mist. No, she's going to get triple misted. Yeah, red, white, and blue mist. Puh! I disagree with you guys 100% on this. I think this is going to stretch out to right, Mania. Hey, you know, Nate Dogg's on a roll. You got the Randy J shit right. <laughs> yeah, but this is what's going to happen. Creed Brothers lose. <laughs> Sammy loses. Bailey gets kicked out of damage control. Nathan has three balloons. They all pop, and he starts crying. <laughs> well, hopefully that won't happen. All right, so that is what's going to happen on SmackDown, but the last bit of news we need to talk about is our Wheel of Shame victim, Nathan. It is time. And also, Tony. I'm not doing it. Fuck you. You admitted last week. I said it's it's a bullshit thing, but I won, so why do I want to do it? Why should he have to do it? I said I'd do it because I was disgusted with the prize that you picked. Say, oh, yeah, it's coming back to me now. We have it on audio, Tony. You agreed to me. You were going to say that that was a good shame. And I said that was the only way you would get out of doing the truffle shuffle. So what, you don't, what, what do I got to say? You have to admit that it's a good shame, the truffle shuffle. Otherwise, you have to do it. What was this? Your new fucking rule? Upstairs, two days ago, I said this. Hey, we were going for a steak Friday night, and I was paying. Fuck you. You pay your own steak now. Are you going to say it, or are you going to do the truffle shuffle? Nah, I, what, what do you want me to say? That it's a good shame. Yeah, it's a good shame that Nate's got to do the truffle shuffle. Okay, I will accept that. Nate so dog. Nathan is going to do the truffle shuffle. Yeah, it's going to be kind of funny because he's got a big belly. I got a hairy belly. Nathan's good looking. Out of all of us, he's you're, you're the one who's... Are you kidding me? You're 6'7"? Like, come on. Once again, thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. Gentlemen, do you have anything you'd like to say? I like salads. Salads? And balloons. Salads and balloons for Nathan. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye! See ya.